In a world where there are many sports podcasts, one stands above them all. Three teams, two leagues, one dream. It's Triple Threat with your hosts, Jeremiah, Eric, and Sam. And they only have one question for you. Are you ready for some football? All right, what's going on, guys? It's Triple Threat with your boys. Yep, you know it. Hey, what's up, guys? All right. Yeah, Jeremiah's here. He's just being a little shy. Hello. No, he's not. All right. And what is this episode again, guys? I believe it is... The top ten, or not, excuse me. I was about to say top ten. Okay, guys. So, this is the week one standouts and their impact on week two. I guess you could say we'll do a little bit of that. Uh, Week two just got done, so I know we're a little late. Sorry for that. And then, real quick, we're going to go over college football, the top 25 rankings. Real quick. Just a little college rankings. All right, I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, so here we go. We'll start from 25 and work our way to number one. So first off, we've got a terrible team and Marshall. <laughs> I'm sorry. Guys, this top 25 wow. is garbage, really, because just hints for those who do not know, Pac-12 left. And they postponed the season, and so did the Big Ten. So, this is kind of left out. Big Ten, though, is coming back in October. All right. So next up, we have Louisville, which is a pretty good thing. Uh, uh, no lie. They, they, they probably deserve top 25. Number 23 is Kentucky, which have played a game yet, but they will next week. Number 22 is Army, which they're, they're good. They're good. I'll give them that because they're – Army, I mean, my goodness, that's, that's pretty easy. Uh, Pittsburgh, yeah, I mean, they've, they've – I think they had some uh, top draft prospects opt out of the season, and yet they're still in the top 25. That's pretty impressive. Virginia Tech, same for them. They had a cornerback. I forgot what his name is, guys. Sorry. Forgive me for that. He opted out too, so they're in the top 20. That's pretty impressive. Uh, Louisiana, cool. yeah. Now, this one – Year, they not good. They're not good. They're not good. Yeah, not good. They're just not good. And the next, so I'm taking eight, away from that that they're not good. They're not good. Not at all. They're not good. Okay, just making sure. Just we'll get that out of the air. Not good. Okay. So all right. Eighteen. We have BYU, and I'm sorry, guys. I do not know where that is. So do not BYU. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're, they were not good. Boston. No, no, it's Boston? not. I, I don't know. They I have don't not so. been good. They've never – they haven't been in the top 25 probably for like five years, maybe six. I mean, it's been a while. <clears throat> they're taking yeah, that is terrible. Of this this that's just going on. I mean, a lot of teams are, to be honest. Number 17, we have Memphis, which they were in the top 15. 1825 they're top 25 top 15 last year i know that for sure for a while and then at number 16 we have tennessee as well 
They are in the SEC Conference with Kentucky, and they have not played a game yet, but they will be this weekend. Uh, and then at number 15, we have Oklahoma State, which nearly, nearly lost to, to uh, Tulsa, a, a rival in the state and uh, an in-state rival, I mean. And it was like 13-7. It was a terrible game, guys. Chuba did Oof. not look good. And then at number 14, we have Cincinnati, which, I mean, they were like etching out the top 25 last year, I think it was. I mean, that's it's okay. They're, they're good. UCF, now, they've been a top 25 team for about a while, except last year they started to drop off because they started losing and just wasn't good. And then at number 12, we have the Miami Hurricanes. Now, this team, I, I give them credit. They – they're good. They're really good. They had uh, Gregory Roselle. Uh, Roselle? Or Roselle, no. Uh, oh, man. Roselle or something like yeah, that. Roselle. 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 Yeah, Roselle. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember how you he said it. In, he opted out of the season, so that left. He, he was like a top five NFL draft. Yeah. And then uh, he just he just opted out, and he's like, uh, I'll see y'all later. Hmm. I mean, I, to put I, it I in the simplest terms, I, I understand why players opt out of the season. I mean, it, it's just they have matters that they yeah. they have to deal with, and they they don't want to take the risk. I mean, some of them just don't. I get that. All right, and so at number eleven we have UNC North Car well University of North Carolina. I guess you could say the Tar Heels. They're good. They got Sam Howell, who's like a future, uh, a top five. Prospect in the 2022 NFL draft class, I think. He did really 22. Really, Interesting. Yeah. He did really good in his freshman freshman year, guys. Which he looked like a pro quarterback, making reads, throwing dimes. I mean, he's he's he reminds me of Dak Prescott. I'll, I'll just give it to you simple. He's not. He, he's mobile. I, I, he at least it looks like to me. He's not like a pocket passer like. Matt Ryan or Drew Brees or something. He'll he'll run when he needs to, but he'll make the throws when he has to. Or, or no, he'll 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 pass it first, run second. I guess you could say. And so then, uh, okay, yeah, okay. At number ten, we have Texas A and M. Okay, guys. Now Texas A and M kid at wide receiver that they got in the uh, last. Recruiting class, he was a five-star mm-hmm. wide receiver, and I could his name's like Demon Demas or something like that. And shoot, this dude, he was like, imagine open and catch a football between his legs. Like <laughs> this dude was crazy. He put up some crazy YouTube highlights. Look him up, guys. He's that is insane. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, this dude, he makes like these catches. You're like. What? Doesn't uh, he do basketball he too? Type? Yeah, I think he did that too. Yeah. But anyways, guys, he has a crazy vertical. I mean, this dude, he he, he Texas A&M, watch out for them. They could be a uh, under the radar uh, uh, championship compete, uh, SEC championship because they're not going to have the. Uh, how does it be? Uh, yeah. The regular like 
big time championship. Yeah, him, but I'm trying to think of one of his guys. I'm sorry, college football playoffs. My bad. Oh, okay, college cool. football yeah. playoffs. Yeah, they're not gonna happen. I got you. So let's just move on to the number nine. At number nine, and it's the Texas Longhorns. Now Texas Ooh. is always liking a top ten. I mean, they that's true. Every year, top ten. They've always had good players. Yeah, yeah. Like you could go back to Earl Thomas. Uh, shoot, Colt McCoy was okay for him for a while. Not big NFL player, but I mean that that's just like well, two of my head I could think of. But yeah, yeah. I remember a really good NFL player that went to that was a Longhorn, oh. very famous. Yeah, I know who you're talking about too. I think is it Vince Young? Well, I mean, yeah, I forgot about him. I was yeah. gonna say Peyton Manning was a Longhorn. He was. Oh, oh yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. No, he was a he was a volunteer. Yeah, Tennessee. Oh, Tennessee. Th- them two, yeah. they get me sometimes because they got like a literally the same color scheme, and whatnot. But anyways, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Peyton okay. Manning, whatnot. Yeah. Anyways, guys, we'll go to number eight. It uh, it's Auburn. Okay, uh, sorry, uh, that's rough. But anyway, they like Auburn. Has, they're in the SEC, so they had them playing the game yet. They'll be up this next week, though. And number seven, we have Notre Dame, which first week they looked sloppy. Second week did a shutout, looked pretty good. <laughs> number six, we have LSU, which that's pretty good for them. That's pretty good. The quarterback, last year, which nobody in college football history will be like. But they're running back. He's going to be a pounder, a power back, I guess you could say. They'll have a good run game. They'll probably be a lot of short passes. Uh, Jamar Chase, as everybody knows, he opted out of the season. For those who don't know, he, he did. Um, and so we'll move on to number five. So at number five, guys, we have Florida Gators. They're pretty good. I didn't think they would be number five ahead of LSU or whatnot, but they're pretty good. Huh. Uh, yeah. They they had Felipe Franks, tr- grad transfer quarterback, who went to Arkansas and was starting here next year because he lost to Kyle Trask because Kyle was so good last year. Anyway, all right, we got at number four, Georgia, the Georgia Bulldogs. And like I just mentioned earlier, Felipe Franks going to Arkansas. Week one, they're playing Georgia. So that will be a good game right there. I mean, Arkansas got the toughest SEC conference schedule. I mean, like, it's crazy. And then at number three, we have Oklahoma Sooners. Now, I did not see their number, their uh, week one game, guys. But I heard Spencer Rattler, he did pretty good. I'm pretty sure that's what his name is. He's their new quarterback, and I heard he, he did decent. I mean, yeah. I'd like to see his highlights. I haven't done that yet, guys. Sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're probably going to move up some with either Alabama playing next this coming up week and Clemson may maybe going to face tougher conference uh, uh, a, a competition. Sorry. Yeah. I guess. Sorry. Uh, next we have Alabama. And so Crimson Tide, it was either going to be Alabama or Clemson there. So everybody knows that number one's Clemson. I mean, them two, they, they're fighting every year. I mean, Clemson's Trevor Lawrence, he's probably going to win the Heisman. Alabama, they got a good five-star quarterback. I don't know how good he is, but we'll find out next week. Um, That about rounds up the top 25 guys, the AP top 25. That's what they've got for this week. 
and it's going to change in the coming weeks because I mean, Big Big Ten has not gotten the the uh, college ranks yet, so that's why they've taken out. And there's a lot of bad teams in the top 25 because usually usually here. Minnesota Golden Gophers or the Ohio State Buckeyes or or Penn State yeah. or yeah. something or another. I mean, it's, it's just it's uh, it's changed. It's shaking up the college football top twenty-five rankings. It honestly has. And that's why I'm hoping that if Arkansas can do half decent, if they can sure. at least if they can at least win half their game, if we can win this first game. Georgia would be top twenty-five. I yeah, mean, easily. How weak it is right now. I mean, my goodness. And Georgia's ranked number four. Yeah, so I mean that that would move them down like that'd be you know, huge. That would move probably Georgia down to like fifteen, and yeah. move us up to like eighteen or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it would be something that huge. And so that's all I got for college football right now, guys. I mean, I, I if y'all want. Let us know. Like, I think we got the Facebook, uh, Facebook page. page um, I mean, yeah. Let's see. Let us know. We got, we got all, Yeah, we got a lot of things. Also, and this is a little surprise for Jeremiah because I didn't mention this, but if y'all want to, maybe give him his own corner of the podcast <laughs> ah. to talk specifically about college football. Yeah. Jeremiah's College Corner. Okay. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Ooh. Ooh. We can do good. it. I like it. All right. Well, we'll see what the people think. Definitely comment on any Facebook post, our Facebook page, or even send us an email. Or, heck, call me. I don't really care. I'm not doing <laughs> anything usually. But tell us what you think. Should we have a Jeremiah's College Corner? Or not. You need to take yeah. a look. Yeah, should yeah. we talk football yeah. or not? Or just like anything. I mean, Should we discuss that. more college football? Should we discuss more NFL football? I mean, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, we basically do. Well, like, you could even all. give us topics of, like, what to talk about college football mm-hmm. or even NFL. Just certain things that you would want to hear and whatnot that <clears throat> other sports outlets like sports. Uh, Sports Center or NFL Live or College Football Live don't talk about like your your team and something you want to hear but you don't like. Let's say the Arkansas Razorbacks. This is just this is just a little example because they're terrible and nobody talks about them. I know one hundred percent. So something <laughs> like that, like some kind of team that you know is like not top twenty five right now or even is. What the respect they deserve. Just yeah. like let us know. Like even in the NFL, guys. I mean that that's the same thing. Right? Same deal. Just it happens. About it. All right. Well, and back to our regularly scheduled program of Triple Threat. Yeah. Okay, so today we are talking about highlight hits of week one. This is very late. I know week two is going on right now and we only have one game left. But let's get into it. All right, so First team, we have Browns versus Ravens. Now, this wasn't much to write home about. Oh, at all. Yeah, you ain't kidding. Okay, I'll just say real quick before we get <clears throat> Browns' yes. number one player that whole game, David Njoku. Nick Chubb. N- yes. <laughs> okay. My guy. Okay, okay. Now, before Eric says Nick Chubb or is like, wait, why Nick Chubb? I'll give you my reason. 
Nick Chubb had a fumble okay. loss that resulted, I think, probably in a score or whatnot. But I'm sorry, guys, I can't remember the game exactly, like, memorized. But also, David Njoku's touchdown was the only six points that the Browns had all game. So, when he left – That is that, true. He, he, he got injured and whatnot, and so he left after that, and then that's when they went <clears throat> faster than you could yep. say – Hop along, Cassidy, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, dang, though. David Juku, I was excited about him because, like, I think two years ago, I started doing some film on him. Because, you know, yeah. at that point in my life, I wanted to play tight end really bad. And David Juku was, like, a standout player because he did gymnastics, I believe. He did basically everything. And the guy's flexible as heck. I mean, every time he scores a touchdown, he jumps up in the air, like five feet in the air, and does some kind of crazy move. Mm-hmm. But um, he's just all around insane. Like, we want moss people, uh, everything, man. Push it. He gets physical. He's basically the full package. I believe it's because he got people talking about him near. So, definitely need to expect there at his position. Uh, basically, plays like a slot receiver, kind of, in that sort of sense. Right. Oh. Gotcha. Okay, well, um, with the Ravens, on the Ravens side of the ball anyway, it was about four people I want to talk about real quick. First off, Lamar Jackson, of course. Why are we talking about him? He's that good. <laughs> he, he, he was that was funny. He was decent <laughs> during that game. Yeah. But if you want to talk about some great standout players, Mark Andrews had quite a few spectacular catches. Yeah, that's that is true. Every one uh hander and a couple touchdowns in the end zone and I mean, basically, that's that's the that's the main person in that offense that Lamar throws to. You don't see exactly football as much, or having exactly. themselves targeted, unless of they're course. going I'm... for a touchdown wide open. Right. Well, and that moves me on to the other two pass catchers that I believe perform quite well, and uh, yeah. Marquise Brown and Willie Sneed. They did quite well that game too. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I had I can't remember how many catches he had. Uh, so, he just flat out burns people. So real Keith Brown, real quick. Yeah. Did something else. He was like 155 by the time that the. Let's see. He was 155 season, and this off season he added 25 pounds, if I'm not mistaken. Is like man. So I, I heard. I heard like I read this little NFL. What would you be surprised at? A dude weighing one fifty five and playing the NFL, or a dude adding twenty pounds over the off season? <laughs> um, one fifty five like, in the NFL. Was- it's easy to put on pounds. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that, that makes was pure sense. muscle, guys. That was not fat because he plays the receiver position. He like 
He's like a poor man's Tyreek. Yeah. Yes. Rod is. All right. And then Willie Sneed, not really much to write home about, but he was very dominant. He was a very dominant receiver in that game. Yeah. I hear silence. Okay, moving on. Seahawks <laughs> and Falcons. This yeah. was a very interesting game from what I heard. Yes. It was a while, and then it was not because Jamal was he, he was everywhere. I'm telling you, that guy was everywhere on the field. Where the ball was, he was. On every single Oh, thank goodness play. y'all were talking about him. I didn't put him down. Oh, yeah? Dang, man. Yeah, I forgot about him. Everywhere. I saw cool. Saw cool. Yeah. He got traded. Oh, who I do have down. Yeah, I remember that. What? Who I do have down. Todd Gurley performed phenomenally against yeah. the Seahawks. Which, I mean, it, it, it surprised me a little bit because of the fact that he's in a new environment. But not only that, he's in a different offense. His you know, he's offense, in a different system. Yeah, and their coach, let's face it, is not near a genius like Sean McVay. Uh, yep. even, no matter how young Sean McVay is, he is an offensive genius. Nobody exactly. can do that. And nope, so, no one. And so, I mean... He knows how to utilize his weapons in the best way possible. Humanly possible, he does it with style, and he's just phenomenal in that sense. Um, Exactly. And so I figured, because Todd Gurley was really dependent on that fact alone, I didn't know if he'd be able to produce in a different offense as the Atlanta Falcons offense. So right, I got you. But some of the other Falcons players that really stood out, and Calvin Ridley, man, oh he had gosh. a good game that too. Guy's, that guy's phenomenal. I was like really on that hype train as soon as he got into the NFL. He started catching touchdowns. He started looking really nice, and I was yeah. up all in his hype train, man, because that was good. I thought he was gonna yeah. be a real good player. Next to Julio, man, that's that's a dope combo. You feel and me? And speaking of Julio, this was a very good week one outing for him, too. I mean, he's had great games, but this looked awesome, especially yeah. against a dominant defense like the Seahawks. Definitely. He was really he was really producing the numbers. Mm-hmm. And then Hayden Hurst, which I'm a little surprised he's actually done so good since he wasn't targeted much in Baltimore. Yeah, that's true. Um like I said before, Lamar Jackson, he targets Andrews a ton more than most other players. And, yes, you did see Hayden Hurst making his way into the end on many different plays. But that's just how the ball rolls or how the ball ends up being handed to Lamar Jackson's sense. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean. Yeah. It was no real big surprise, okay. but I, like you were saying earlier, it did kind of shock that he did as well as he did. Um, 
Right. But hey, it's all cool, man. Uh, could you? They could They needed a player in that position. Because Austin Hooper's gone, and Austin Hooper was a pretty good player. Uh, right. I liked Austin Hooper. Oh, I can tell. Um. Anyway, <laughs> but <laughs> anyway. Um, that's all the Seahawks, that's all the Falcons players I believe I have, unless Quentin Dunbar is a Falcon. No, um. Okay, he's a Seahawk. Yeah, he's a Seahawk. Okay, so we're going to move on to Seahawks because that's all the Falcons players I had down that really made an impact. So we're going to move on. Um, first off, Chris Carson, he's the first one that I saw and the first one I listed. He had a phenomenal game. Yes, I'll. Chris Carson is an impressive running back. I had him on my fantasy team. Jermont told me trash him because he fumbles too much. I said, heck no, brother. He can fumble all he wants, but as long as he's breaking seven tackles on almost every play, I'm happy. You, you, you get what I'm saying? So I mean, exactly. Yeah, I can understand where you're coming from. But this man carries eight defenders on his back to the end zone. Bro, I know. I know. That's what he does on almost every game. He is, like I, know. I said, at the lack of a better word, an impressive running back, to say the least, in the broadest sense and broadest terms. He just, he, like I said earlier, he breaks tackles, and yes, Though he does fumble some, uh, and in past seasons he's split the backfield with a former Rashad Penny who got yeah. injured. Um, what was their other running back's name? Dang. Uh, there was Rashad Penny, there was um, Chris Carson, and there was uh, – I can't place his name. Off the top of my head, I can't think of who he was, but okay. yeah – that that was basically how it was rolling, but now the ball is in Nick or in Chris Carson's hands, and he's been producing. Exactly, and that's what you're supposed to do whenever you're given the chance. Yeah. Um. Next, we're going to talk about you know the passing game, and I don't believe anything was more dominant than Russell Wilson's connection to DK Metcalf, Greg Olson, and Tyler Lockett that night. Dangerous. Wilson. I know. First off, I didn't even know Greg Olson went to Seattle. Who that? I didn't realize Greg Olson went to Seattle. Ah, yes. I didn't find out until like a week ago, maybe. I don't remember when I found that out, but that reminds me. uh, Went there too. I would. I thought he retired. Did he not retire? Same here. I was thinking he was one of those Panthers. Greg Olson. Luke Keekley retired. Greg Olson, I, I believe, was released in free agency. Okay, I know Luke Keekley retired. But we're not here to talk yeah. about Luke Keekley or the Panthers. Greg Olson. I'm trying to, to think. I believe. Yeah. Go but ahead. I believe, um, from what I remember, he was released couple years back and has been a free agent. Yeah, I I'm pretty sure you're right, but uh 
Anchorite Golson wasn't even that bad for Cam Newton. Right. For Cam Newton was going on his uh, big run. Uh, if you catch my meaning there, uh, so right. So I mean, yeah, he was he was in his prime. He was pretty good. So don't expect him to and- produce as many numbers as he did at that point because there's so many other threats as there's so many other threats as you pointed out that really Greg Olson is I don't know he may end up in this offense getting a little overshadowed because of the fact like you said Russell Wilson has so many different threats and we know he threw it a lot to the running back he He threw it. He threw it to running back a lot. You know right. what I'm saying? So there's like an echo on your end now. Yeah, I know. Weird. It it's side quick. It said I stopped. Yeah, I have no clue. It says it restarted. Anyway. Yeah. Well, no. We're still rolling the same time. Okay. Oh, now it's gone. Okay. Besides Greg Olson, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, I mean, they've been dominant before, but in this game, they were quite dominant. DK Metcalf is like that insane wide receiver, like, no... No joke, man. He's awesome. So, I mean, Joe finish at one. Joe finish at one. What? Eric, you still there? Yeah, I'm still there. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, like I was saying, DK Metcalf, he's impressive, man. He he shows up and he can he can beat you physically. Uh, he's he's insane, guys. People don't give him near enough credit for his ability to run routes, and even though that's not what he was known for, he's known for being a physical. Uh, very impressive wide receiver, so. Right. But, hey. And that's the- how some things go. I mean, some people are overlooked, and then they show off. They come out and perform, and then everyone's just like, you know, hey, he's good. You know, it's one of those, like, how do you like me down? No yeah, and, that, and that's DK Metcalf. That's the definition of DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf. A boss. I know. Anyway, and uh, Quentin Dunbar, I believe he's a defensive player for Seattle. He had a decent night. Yeah, he did. Um, defensive back, cornerback. I don't really know what to say about it. So, 
Jermai has just now jumped in, and he's giving us a live update. Jermai, what you got? We got a final in Seattle. Breaking news. Seahawks have just stomped the Patriots by five points. (laughs) (laughs) Goodness. 30 to 35. I was actually kind of surprised. I was like, whoa, Cam actually did that good. I don't know if Cam did that good. Sorry, guys, because we've been recording. How did DK do? I don't know. I'm about to check that out. Please do. I like I like DK, man. Well, anyway, we're going to go ahead and move on to the Chargers and the Bengals game, which yeah, okay. was also very interesting, even though it didn't have a high score. Oogie. A few of the uh, Bengals players that were the most influential, I believe, were uh, Joe Burrow, um, I believe Joe Burrow and unless – I believe Von Bell is also a uh, Bengals player too. Uh, Yes. Yes, he is. And yes. He, um, he didn't look too bad either and, from what I know. Yeah. Or, and Jesse Bates. Yes, yes. Is also – okay. So the only three I have are Joe Burrow and Jesse Bates and uh, Von Bell. Okay. Joe Burrow was the only real, like, standout when it came to offense. Yeah, he was pretty good. And um, who was that one kid, Jamal, that you're talking about? Who? Uh, number 80, I think. Oh, Thomas? Uh, I don't know who he is. I was just like – Yeah, he, he got several – he got several catches, and he looked. I was just kind of randy at the time, guys. Sammy's just picking me off bases there. He's calling me out there for a second. I was no, I was just time. asking who his name was. I was like, there we go. There's a best receiver for the Bengals. He's actually catching it. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> he had like 15 receptions. Oh, that's true. But I know that the uh, uh, if you look at Tyler Boyd and AJ Green, are we talking about week two? Or week I'm trying to remember. Week one. One. I, I, what was it raining at that time? Oh, two, no. I was thinking of week two. My bad. Yeah, I was going to say. No, bad. it's all right. Um, week two, I've actually got the, uh, like, all the standouts for that. But we'll probably do that sometime this week. Anyway, but week one, Joe Burrow was the only offensive player that I saw did really anything. Yeah. And it was, yeah. And then, um. But their defensive side looked very good. You know, Von Bell got a couple sacks on Tyrod Taylor, and then you had Jesse Bates who picked off one or two passes. Yep. But all in all, that's really all that the uh, the Bengals did that night. But, hey, sometimes that's all you can ask. Yeah, it's true. But then it comes to the Chargers, which – Honestly, a lot of these names will sound familiar to any Chargers player. In fact, any player or any, uh, you know, NFL fanatic. Um, Joey Bosa had a very good night that night on defense. Yes, Joey Bosa. Casey Hayward also had a very good night on defense. Those are the only two defensive players. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they – the Chargers defense is not the greatest in the world. But um, it's definitely not the worst. But it's not the worst. That's true. And like I said, uh, we apologize for being so late on this. But in two Chargers versus Kansas City, I got to watch that game all the way to the halftime. 
And Chargers defense had really, really good pass rush. And so that really impressed me in a way. Of course, I know uh, Melvin Melvin Ingram went out there for a little while. He went out for yeah. an injury of some sort. Uh, I never got a checkup on that, so. Yeah. But anywho, guys, uh, Chargers defense, not that impressive. Chargers defense, those are the, yeah, but those are the only two really named players that I can think of that did good. Um, offensively, though, we had about three. Uh, Austin Eckler did amazing. Yeah. Uh, Hunter Henry and Mike Williams both split in good receptions. Hunter Henry, he's he's all around. He's awesome. He's a great tight end. Personally, exactly. Not saying that just because he's out of Arkansas. Saying that because it's true. Um, unfortunately, Hunter and Henry because it's out of Arkansas. Got, yes, unfortunately, he in the past has gotten injured, but he is like one of the best tight ends. I mean, he, he's, he has the ability. You'll see him do toe drags. You'll see him do one-handers. Everything, man. He's, he's so legit. It's crazy. Well, um, that's really all I have for that game. I didn't really pay attention to it. I was busy with some other games. Alright, sorry guys, for some reason this part of the video cut off, so I'm just going to read off uh, the uh, Cardinals and the 49ers highlight players. Um, Raheem Mostert had a very good night. He had quite a few rushes. He was very dominant against that uh, Arizona defense. Um, Kyler Murray, uh, he actually had quite a fair night. Minus a couple sacks that he took from our next player, Angelo Blackston. He did good, too. Um, Zach Allen, I believe he's a 49er. He also had a decent night. I believe he tipped quite a few passes. No interceptions from the 49ers, as far as I can remember. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, well, everyone knew that was going to happen. I mean, was there really any doubt when it came to that? Um, Patrick Peterson also had a very good night. I believe he had a pick or two off of Jimmy G. And, um, Byron Murphy, I believe, is also allied with Patrick Peterson on the defense. He had a fair night. I believe he had a couple, uh, sacks on Jimmy Garoppolo. So, anyway, that's the Cardinals versus the 49ers. Again, guys, I'm sorry I edited this part in. I don't know what's going on with uh anchor right now but anyway we're gonna send you off to your uh, regularly scheduled advertisement and we'll see you back thanks guys all right so what's going on guys welcome back we're back with the uh highlight hits part two brought to you by anchor the uh only way to make a podcast and the easiest so the deal is this you'll be spending the rest of this time with me because jeremiah had to go home he has some things he has to do tomorrow morning and needs to go to sleep same thing with sammy so i will be your entertainment for the rest of this time so here we go 
I guess we'll start with the next team on this list. Buccaneers and Saints. I watched this game. I loved this game. Just because Tom Brady threw like three interceptions. Anyway, but the point is... Buccaneers and Saints. Very electric game. Saints ended up pulling out on top. But that's alright. We love both teams. Or at least some of us do. Anyway, but... Some of the players for the Buccaneers that had standout nights. Chris Godwin had a very standout night because I don't know why, but they didn't really target uh, Mike Evans that much. Then you had Ronald Jones, who was insane, let's be honest. They pounded the ball all night with Ronald Jones, and he just kept getting yard after yard after yard. I was afraid that was what was going to kill the Saints completely. Next... When it comes to the Bucks, we have Jason Pierre, Paul, and Levante David. Now, these two had a couple offside penalties. But other than that, they did very, very well. And I believe that's all the Bucks players that I have down. So we'll move on to the Saints. With the Saints, Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara, Marcus Williams, and Janoris Jenkins are the first four on this list. They had electric nights. Taysom Hill, definitely. He wasn't playing at quarterback except a couple, except a couple of, a couple of um, you know, downs. But the rest of the time, he was a wide receiver, and he did phenomenal. Now, Alvin Kamara, he pounded in for about two to three touchdowns. He had quite a few yards. He went off that night, too. Marcus Williams and Janoris Jenkins on the defensive side. Janoris Jenkins had a field day. Janoris Jenkins, I believe, got one or two interceptions off Brady. He was very good that night. Marcus Williams had quite a few passes defended. He was very good. Demario Davis was also very good that night. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, who they got from the 49ers, I didn't know that until that game, was very good. Scotty Miller did very well. He caught a few, you know, risky, but conversion but like second third down conversion passes and Drew Brees the one guy that threw all the passes he had a phenomenal night towards the end of the first quarter the first quarter they were very slow but second quarter and on they looked very nice they looked like a willow machine and that's all I really have for the Buccaneers and the Saints this is much I mean this is boring, but also very, you know, it's over quickly with me. I don't know why. Anyway, moving on, Cowboys and Rams. Now, this one I heard was a very big nail-biter towards the last five minutes. Um, which, of course, the Rams came out on top by three. But some standout players for the Cowboys, Michael Gallup had a phenomenal night that night. C.D. Lamb. His first game as a rookie, and he lit up the defense. It was insane. There were so many rookies that have done so much, and it's only been week, and it's only been two weeks. And he is definitely like the first or second best rookie, number one actually. Anyway, and then Zeke, which I mean, think about it. Come on. Zeke, of course, did good. 
no one can bet against Ezekiel Elliott. Not on a good day. And that was a very good day for him. And Amari Cooper, he had a decent game as well. There weren't many other players and not many Rams that did very good. It was a very mediocre game compared to some of the others. But the two standout Rams players I had were Aaron Donald, big surprise there, and Tyler Higbee, who had a phenomenal reception or receiving night. And that's really all I have on the Cowboys and Rams game. And next is Steelers versus Giants. I've been told this was a very big blowout against the Giants. Or with the Giants. Steelers had a very big blowout. It was by 10. I don't know how big of a blowout that really is compared to some of these others. But they had some phenomenal players. When it came to the Steelers, you had Bud Dupree, Juju Smith-Schuster, T.J. Watt. You had... Ben Ben Roethlisberger, which big surprise, James Washington, Cameron Hayward, and Benny Snell. Now, a lot of those are defensive players. Their defense is one of the best in the league. And it, I mean, that's all I really need to say about their defense. Their offense is top 15, at least. But... Really, their defense had or was feasting week one. It was insane. They had so many sacks on Daniel Jones. They had so many pit. They had one, maybe two picks, I believe, from what I remember. And yeah, they just had a field day all night. And then the Giants side, which they they're a very poor team to say to the mo to at most. They're a very poor team. Um, but on the Giants' side, they had quite a few, um, they had a few more than I expected shining that night. Uh, Sterling Shepard had a very good reception night. Uh, Darius Slayton also did. Eric Ebron kind of, you know, switched in and out at tight end with Evan Ingram. Uh, Saquon had a very good night. Like I just said, Evan Ingram switched out with, uh, Eric Ebron, they both had very good nights. Uh, And Daniel Jones had a very good, you know, he had a decent record that night in passing yards. And that's honestly all I've got for the Steelers and Giants game. And finally, the Titans and the Broncos. This was a very, very close game. It came down to the wire, literally. It was a nail-biter towards the fourth quarter. And it looked like the Broncos were going to come out on top. And Steven Guskowski, I'd just like to make a shout-out to him. It's not a highlight shout-out. It's just the fact of the matter is he missed every single kick, and I believe he missed five out of the six that he kicked. He made the final one, which was the game-winning field goal. And it was very, it was a very interesting kick, to say the least. But a few of the Titans players that had the best night, um, Corey Davis had a very good night that night. Um, Talking about defense on that side, too. Adam Humphreys also had a very good night, too. Um, They were very... They cashed in. They cashed in that night. They They were somewhat dominant, anyway. Not as dominant as some people would have hoped. 
But on the offensive side, the only two people that really stood out were uh, Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Which, I mean, of course, Derrick Henry stood out. The guy is a monster. And people complain that Derrick Henry, you know, doesn't do very very good on some nights. And they just kind of, well, people say that Ryan Tannehill doesn't do good at all. And people say that Derrick Henry, you know, carries the team on their back. And I admit, I was one of those people that said that. But Ryan Tannehill has proved us wrong in the past. So, I mean, they had phenomenal night. Um, Broncos side, uh, defense-wise, you had Jarrell Casey and Kareem Jackson. Those are really the only two. Kareem, I believe, had a takeaway from Ryan, or from Tannehill. He was very good. Um, and Jarrell Casey had a couple good pressures. Um, a sack, I believe. And... Quite a few passes defended. He was very good. So did Kareem Jackson. He had quite a few passes defended as well. But uh, Jarrell Casey had quite a few pressures on the quarterback. He did the best. And he was really good at stopping that run game. If they wouldn't have, honestly, they would have been destroyed by Derek. There's no going around that. But the offense that night looked good too. Uh, Noah Font who has been having a phenomenal year in his second year. And Melvin Gordon, who looks amazing. Not just in the jersey, but as one of their players. He, in that scheme, he fits really well. I don't know why and I don't know how, but he fit in really easy. It's like finding the right puzzle piece that you're looking for on the first try. It's very rare, but also very effective whenever you can get it. And I believe that's it for our week one highlights episode. So um, hopefully you guys enjoyed. Again, I'm sorry if I bored you out of your mind and I didn't go into much detail. Jeremiah and Sammy are the real experts when it comes to here and now. I'm very, you know, past tense on a lot of things. You know, I'm not a very big... uh, here and now fan it just kind of depends on who it is i i can be here now but i like the historical side of the nfl so again hope y'all enjoyed and i just like to give a quick shout out to all our fans all the people listening i'd like to mention that highlight hits the first part of this episode in the first 24 hours had 16 plays And I'd just personally like to say to everyone that listens, or even if you're randomly getting these episodes on, you know, like a playlist for sports, thank you. Even if you don't mean to listen to our podcast, but you get into it after a while, thank you so much. Thank you to everyone that has ever bothered to listen to us, because... When we started this, we just thought we'd do it as something fun. And now it's becoming one of those, you know, dreams that come true. And that's very rare nowadays. And with COVID, I know a lot of people are stuck in their homes and they're looking for entertainment. And hopefully I'm bringing it. So, thank you again for listening. God bless y'all. Have a good night. Don't forget to keep him first. And... We'll see y'all in the next one. We'll cover week two sometime this next week. It may be Saturday before we do it, but we'll cover it. All right, and I'll we'll see y'all in the next episode. Peace out.